What's up? We have something super special for our listeners only. So if you're tuning into this episode and you want some cozy fall merch, we're going to give you guys 30% off the Snaba tie-dye sweatshirt. It's my favorite thing in the whole entire world to wear. It's going to make you so happy. Till 11 7, so that's November 7th. Until November 7th, you get 30% off the Snaba sweatshirt with code BITCHES. So head over to this www.studynotesava.com and get yours. And then our challenge is to tag us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast in the craziest places that you listen to the podcast wearing your Snaba sweatshirt. We love you. Mean it. Study Notes Behavior bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here today. And it is episode 103. Casey, what do you have for us today, sister? Well, sister, it's been a minute since we've been here, and I'm so excited. And some awesome stuff has happened to us along the way. So episode 103 is brought to you by Calendly. Not really. (laughs) Kind of. So let me explain this to you guys. No, we're not at the place of being sponsored yet. Um, However, Calendly, reach out to a sister if you want to sponsor us. That's cool too. Um, But Casey and I, our biggest burden with the podcast and really anything that we do in general We didn't realize, I don't think, how much of the issue scheduling was. So what would happen is we'd be like, okay, we want to have this guest on. Guest A, okay? We'll be like, hey, guest A, does this time work for you? We provide them one time. But now we can't be talking to guest B until guest A gets back to us. And then guest, so we don't want to give that time away to guest B. Then guest A gets back and it's like, that time doesn't work. So I could have given it to guest B. Point is... Scheduling was hard AF. It would take so much time, and the response effort was disgustingly high. But we got Calendly after many people, Karina, Jordan, everyone was telling us to get it forever, and I don't know, we just were kind of against change. But Casey and I have both decided to leave the podcast and study notes ABA and work for Calendly because it's changed our life so much. So, no, I'm just kidding. You guys know I love to tell you I'm changing my jobs. It's my thing. But we're back. Calendly rocks. And Casey, let's get started with the review of the day to get us back in the groove, okay? Yes, I would love that. And I haven't looked at these in a while um, because we have taken a break. Yes. And some people are not happy with that. So we apologize, but we are trying to get back on. Life happens. As you know, we are all going through shit. Um, So there is a really nice one. It's titled Love You Mean It by Megs. 0218. I have been following you girls since 2018-ish. Wow, we've been doing this this long? That's crazy. Casey, I was in your first collective when you co-hosted with another girl named Casey. I have done two sessions of collectives. I also purchased the one-month cram. I'm a multiple test taker, six times a charm. I just recently passed a BCBA exam and congratulated myself by purchasing the Snaba sweatshirt. I can now listen to the podcast without the stress of studying for the exam, and I'm loving it even more. Megs, congratulations. Welcome to the other side. You are a BCBA. We're so proud of you. And thank you for letting us be on that journey with you. It means the world to us. And thanks for the review. 
Casey totally chose that one because it had her name in it. I know, Casey. Classic Casey. Person. All right, guys. Since we've been MIA and gone a little longer than planned, I think I want to take a few minutes. to. I mean, I'm going to pretend like you guys care to know what we've been up to. And Casey, what are three things you have been up to since our last episode? Well, I've been on a pretty exciting journey in the infertility world. Um, Matt and I are doing everything we can um, and starting some treatments, some IUI next month. And that's terrifying. It has been stressful, um, but it's also the ultimate thing that we both want. So we're working really, really hard at that. Um, we've been crushing it at study notes over there, um, teaching. We have an awesome collective going on right now. Um, we had a Halloween contest last night, and it was the funniest thing. We're going to post them on the Instagram over at study notes. You're going to die. The costumes were amazing. And um, number three, just been uh, crushing that Peloton, you know, that Peloton life. What about you? Hey, crushing that Peloton life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what have I, what's been up over here? I, I did when I posted that when our episode was supposed to come out, I don't know, three Mondays ago, whenever it was, I posted that picture apologizing to all of you guys that I'm sorry an episode would not be out, but I had to turn into my relationship for a minute. Um, and I told you guys, I would let you guys know after Ellie Ron's birthday trip. So I planned a trip to California to celebrate Ellie Ron's 30th. Yes, he's younger than me. And on that trip, I was like, I am going to be present away from my phone and work, which I have not done in years. And I let you guys know that I, I mean, no, I said that I would let you know if we were still married. And we are. There's no ring. I know, She's I was just showing in my hand. Like there's no ring. I don't wear rings. I mean, I'm not trying to emphasize my missing fingers. So we are still married and the trip was amazing. And getting out after, I don't know how long of being home with COVID, not with COVID, God forbid, with the whole COVID thing going on, I can't explain what it was like getting out. And it was our first time leaving Kobe. We left Kobe with my mom. And I've, what else have I been up to? I've been enjoying time with Kobe. It's a lot more exciting now that he responds a lot more to things. Um, and he smiles all the time. He's the happiest baby. And I was struggling a little bit or a lot of it, um, kind of like finding myself between work and, you know, now having this, this new life commitment of Kobe, which I wouldn't change it for anything, and I'm so thankful. But I, I was like having a little bit of an identity crisis. Like, uh, how do I do all of this at the same time? I feel like I'm just being swallowed. And Casey has heard me, I don't know how many times, say, "Casey, guess what? I'm back. I'm back, <laughs> bitches." That's always my thing. And I'm like, like uh, yeah, it's getting like the girl who cried wolf almost. <laughs> but this time I am. 
I know we are back and we've been going through all of the emails and Instagram messages and we've, we're trying to connect with as many people as we can. Um, and that's how we got today's guest. Um, she sent a lovely email. Um, one of the many that I'm still getting through. So if you've emailed, please be patient with us. Um, it will, it will happen. I promise. We have Calendly. Yeah, we're good now. Um, and so that's going to lead us right into our beautiful, amazing guest has the smile. She's like, got great energy. So yeah, she's just, wish you guys could see her. You will when I post it on Instagram. But anyways, so this episode is with Elaine Crift, and she's a BCBA and a parent of an autistic child. You guys have asked for this topic a hundred times over and over. So we listened. You so almost said 150, right? Yeah, almost because I always say 150. 150%. That's what I say. So anyway, she joined the field of applied behavior analysis after her son was diagnosed at age three. Elaine earned her BCBA certification in April 2021. She wrote this, thanks to SNAVA. I didn't just put that in there. <laughs> she must have been a student. Previously, Elaine was a journalist for 10 years with a small stint in higher ed public relations. Elaine holds a master's degree in ABA from Ball State University, as well as graduate certifications in ABA and autism. She got her bachelor's degree in communication journalism from the University of Texas at Arlington. Um, Elaine also enjoys being outdoors, reading, practicing yoga, doing SNAPA CEUs. God, she's just plugging everything for us and spending time with her family. Elaine, welcome to the show. Yay. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We are pumped to have you. Thank you Yay. for reaching out. And I'm glad we got back to you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated y'all getting back to me. So um, I, I know I reached out to y'all last, gosh, I want to say it was maybe last fall. And I was just like, Hey, how's it going? I heard you're looking for ideas. And then, um, I just was trying to be persistent this, this fall being like, hello, remember me. <laughs> but I'm Persistency pays me. off. You get mm -hmm. to the top of the email list. <laughs> <laughs> I say you, you, you gotta come on strong here, especially when we yes. are trying to get organized. Like, listen, come on strong enough. We'll have you, but no, seriously, guys, Elaine, and I only right before the show, I put it together. I said, Elaine, just wondering, was that you that whenever I do like a study notes ABA story and when I was like very actively doing them for a while that you would always be giving me the best commentary in my or my Instagram lives mm -hmm. or anything I posted and bringing me so many merch ideas, study notes, ABA ideas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, yeah, that's me. It's so funny. And so I love that you remembered that. I and love I that you remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you always have the best ideas and I, I would write them down. And I'm actually wondering where the problem is when I write things down. I'm like, where did I write these down? Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll have to go through our different chats. Yeah. Okay, I think we had a face. I think we also had a Facebook messenger chat going. Am I right yep. or wrong? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so we've been, we've been together on multiple mediums. I like this. I like mm -hmm. it. So when you reached out Networking. to us, Networking. Yep. Networking. Okay. <laughs> Love it. So when you reached out to us with your topic, um, as Casey said, we were really excited because we have the request a lot um, for parents of individuals with autism who are also BCBAs because you've got to be seeing things a little different. I know even as a sibling of someone with a special needs who was an ABA, um, it definitely, uh, uh, what's the word? Not affected. I mean, affected or shaped 
my own practice. So can you take us just through the beginning of your journey of finding out that your son had autism, has autism? Um, he went... We started noticing kind of in when he was two, which is typically around that time of two when you kind of see differences and things like that. Um, he was having deficits in areas like walking, um, some talking, um, and he wasn't answering to his name. But then at the same time, he was able to do, you know, interverbals. We would be like, what's the dog say? Woof, woof what's the cat say? Meow. He was able to do those and he was smiling. He would smile. He would have um, some attention with us. So it was kind of confusing to us, like what, what's going on here? And we went to the pediatrician, just his regular pediatrician and said, you know, we really, um, we want a referral to, you know, who can we go to to, to check this out? And um, he had said, well, you know, you could go to a developmental pediatrician, but I think he's just two. He's just two. Like, let's just wait till he's three and see what happens kind of thing. And we were like, I don't know. Like, we weren't really comfortable. My husband and I weren't really comfortable with that. But we were like, okay, like, you're the professional. Like, we're going to trust you. <laughs> Which, you know. But then when he turned three, we were like, no. Like, we, we, knew. We, want, we want to see a developmental pediatrician to have him looked at for autism because we uh, for autism diagnosis we were we were thinking that it that he would have an autism diagnosis it was just you know so when that diagnosis came in three you know it was something we were anticipating but it was also like hard to take in as a parent because you're thinking what do i do now what is our next step what um like, did I fail as a parent? What did I do wrong as a parent? And um, and I, looking back on that, it's like I really shouldn't have done that because, mm -hmm. you know, I think we were doing everything we could. Um, but the developmental pediatrician was amazing. Um, shout out to Driscoll Children's Hospital in Corpus Christi, Texas, because um, that's where <laughs> we were. <laughs> because nice. um, <laughs> she gave us like a task analysis of like this is what you need to do. Yes, yeah. you have this diagnosis, but like do this, 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 and this. And that helped so much because it was like, okay, well, it was like a checklist, you know, that task mm -hmm. analysis of like, this is what we have to do. And that helped so much because our kiddo, he was already in speech and mm -hmm. his speech therapist set us up with, connected us with a BCBA um, who did in-home. And I know she listens to the podcast. So Tabitha, you're amazing. Um, and I love that. Hi, Tabitha, you rock. Lots of shout outs, sorry. And I, but um, she was doing in-home with him and we couldn't, we didn't have coverage in our insurance to cover it. So we were paying out of pocket. He was able to do a couple hours a week. And, um, but I saw at that time, cause she was in our home, you know, and I would, she would let me sit in on their sessions. Um, I just got really inspired by what she was able to, how she was able to kind of like get get through to him in a way, like at that time, because it was really hard to, he wasn't manning a lot. Um, he was kind of like just reaching for things. And I didn't know at that time, like how to prompt him to mand. And he, he was kind of tacting things, but she really helped me understand like, you know, this is how we can approach it. And I saw that she was able to really make a lot of progress with him. And 
um, shortly after his diagnosis, we moved mm -hmm. um, to Alabama. And Alabama is a beautiful state. But at the time, there weren't a lot of services there for ABA. And um, again, we still didn't have the insurance coverage for ABA. Um, so we were paying out of pocket still. He was only doing like six hours of ABA. And I was like, this isn't enough for him. Um, and I was in a transition in my career as a journalist and PR person that I was like, well, I was looking internally at myself, like, okay, well, what, what do I want for my life? Like me. And I thought back to Tabitha and her working with my son and just the amazing just connection she had with him and just how it was inspired not to just help him. But I was like, man, I could help him, but I could help other kids too. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get into ABA. Like what better time? And like, this is a calling. And so I found purpose in that. And um, when my son was at, he was in a pre-K program, but he would go to ABA when he wasn't in school. So he had like one day he was at school, the next day he'd be at ABA, then be at school. Then he'd be, he would like rotate. And so when he was in school, I would go to the center where he had been going and I had talked to the BCBA there, like, hey, I want to be a BCBA. Like, I want to I want to be an RBT. Like, how do I do this? What do I do? And he was like, I'm willing to help anybody who wants to be a BCBA. And we, you know, we went over multi multiple relationships. We went over all that stuff. And we were like, we, you know, we had an understanding. And so I was there when he wasn't there. And I, would, I started like volunteering, just kind of like observing, like what they were doing. And I was like, man, I really want to do this. And I, and I found that a lot of, people there at Great Leaps Learning Center um, in Alabama were going to Ball State um, online. And I was like, wow, tell me more. And um, I was just like, let's do that too. And so I was just like, I'm in it to win it. You know, we'll do it. And I was like telling everyone, like, I am doing this. I am doing, like, it was a goal. I am going to be a BCBA, like whatever I have to do. Hey guys, so I just want to tell you about a CEU coming up that I am very excited about. Here more is back as ever, and it'll be teaching a CEU titled, Are You a Behavior Analyst or Are You Just Doing ABA? This is two CEUs, and it will be hosted on Thursday, November 18th at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. What's the CEU going to be about? Well, we do get a lot of criticism as ECBAs or as individuals practicing ABA. What's the reasoning behind this and how can we do better? Our science has evolved to become much more humane, ethical, and dignifying, but our practice continues to lag behind. How can we do better? It is a critical time now, everyone, for us as behavior analysts to ensure that our practice is evolving and we are doing the best we can for the individuals we serve. So head on over to ceu.studynotesaba.com and grab your spot. See you there. Did you get your RBT first or did you just go mm -hmm. straight for the BC? You did, okay. I got my RBT first. Well, first off, it makes my heart so happy that you had a good experience with ABA and it was something that was positive um, yeah. for your son and for you. and that it was so impressive that you 
went for it and you weren't even in the field. So that's really awesome. That's what um, I was thinking. When I hear it, I'm like, first of all, it shows a parent's love, number mm-hmm. one. of Because, I mean, I don't know if you're uncomfortable saying it. How old were you when you decided to go back to school and do this? Because I'm, I'm assuming you had to go, I mean, you had to go get a master's degree now in this, mm-hmm. in ABA. 35, maybe, 34, 34, 33, Three. something like that. I know you're never supposed to ask a woman their age, but the reason I, I, I just think it's really inspiring for anyone listening, because I, I do think a lot of people, you know, are like, oh, I'm at whatever age it is. Like, I, I'm not going to like do a life change now or whatever it is. So like to make that, that transition is, I mean, and it's completely different than what you were doing before being a journalist mm-hmm. and just, I mean, the fact that you were able to find a purpose and at the same time, help your own child is really amazing. Also, it along the way, I'm sure it's made you a much better advocate. Oh, definitely, definitely. And and now working as a BCBA, I think that's even strengthened that advocacy because, um, especially when we were in Alabama, I was you know when I was still trying to get my credential and go through grad school. I was involved with the Autism Society of Alabama. I would, you know, help parents connect with services. I, um, you know, collaborated with other parents. I made a Facebook group for parents in Montgomery, Alabama um, that is still going on. And so it's just um, parents need people. Parents need that help and support. And it's just so great that I, I just feel so fortunate to have been in a, to be in a position where I can provide those resources, but then also that perspective where they can be like, Oh, you understand me. Like you get it. Cause so many times, um, well, not so many times, but there are times where, um, parents are like, you really, like, you don't understand what I'm going through. Like, you just have no idea. And that could be like, I don't know. I don't live in your house, but like, I have some degree of empathy because I, I understand like mainly what, what you're what you're going through and so um but i think that if if more bcbas can take a step back and think about what the parent is going through Mm -hmm. that may help um just to sympathize with them because i've found even just getting through grad school and reaching that goal like i needed a village you know, like kids need a village, like it takes a village to raise a kid. It takes a village to raise a parent in a way, you know, not raise a parent, but like to lift them up. Like you got to lift up a parent and like, we have to take time to give praise to our parents that are like parents of autistic children, because they feel defeated a lot of times and it's easy to feel defeated. And I think that they just need encouragement and um, it just, there are really hard days, really hard weeks, really hard months, really hard, just everything. Um, and I think that the more we can reach out and be like, how can I help you? Um, instead of like, oh, it's your fault or, oh, you're not wanting to do this. So I'm not going to try or not the, the blanket statement, but there are instances of that. And, um, I think just that if we can give parents the benefit of the doubt, um, and just try to be like, we're reaching, we're, we're going to the same goals. We, ha- we all have the same goal. How can I help you? You know, um, mm-hmm. I think that that'll help. That's so, like one of the I, most important things for 
BCBAs to realize is that I, I've heard, heard throughout my clinical work, I've heard people be like, well, the parent just isn't, they're just like not going to do this. So we're not going to help because the parent's not going to follow through. And like, you have no idea what they're going through. And it's our job to make it so that it's simple enough that they can actually implement our services when we're not there. Um, because we're only there for a very small fraction of the time and the parents are 24 seven. And so it's just making very pragmatic, easy um, treatments and making it very technological and training. Parent training is so important. Like it's just one of the biggest things. Cause again, like I said, we want to, we don't want to be in there all the time. We want to have these like amazing breakthroughs where the parent can go out to dinner with their kid. Like that was one of the biggest ones that I had a breakthrough with a client. All they wanted was to go out to dinner with their adult child and uh, getting them to do that was just the most amazing feeling in the world. The, the one thing I'm thinking, you know, I asked my mom the other day. So for anyone listening who doesn't know, I have a brother with autism who is 26. And actually right now for the past week, he has been staying with, my sister and I live on the same street. So he's been staying between both of our houses. Like I do the driving for him. Then he wants to sleep there one night. He likes to eat dinner here because there's Ellie Ron's food all the different things. And I've seen even the amount of work now, like he's 26 years old, the amount of like therapy, I'm I'm like, okay, I got to take him to his day have. Now I got to take him to OT. Um, the first thing in the morning, he likes to ask like, what's that dinner? Like what's for dinner? He loves food. And it's like, all these little things are like, like they're, they're actually stressful though. Like my mom says she gets really stressed every morning when he asks like, what's for dinner? She's like, I don't know. I haven't even like woken up yet. I have no idea what's for dinner, but he's obsessed with food. And then like the idea of like always monitoring the pantry that he's not just like taking, taking, taking and whatever it is. But it's like all these things that a lot of parents are dealing with. Um, and I'm sure you could attest to this and speak to it, Elaine. It's like, so you're a BCBA going into this house and like your goal is to get, you know, to have this individual, let's say, I don't know, you want them to start being able to use money, right? And you're like, okay, mom, come on, give him the opportunity to do this. Mom, like really, come on, like make sure that you're having him manned. And by the way, anyone listening, manned means um, request or like ask for what the individual wants, right? Make sure you're having them do that. But a lot of the times we're not seeing the background of what's going on. Like I, I got to say, like, Honestly, I love my brother more than anything. My sister and I last night were talking. We like, we feel so terrible, but this has, and, and he's so good, my brother, and compared to the, the behaviors and such. And it's like, he doesn't really have, but we're like, we are exhausted. Like that additional component to our day. And it's like, he, he, and so like just having that understanding of like a parent has this going on first? And then we come in with all these instructions. And at the same time, and my last thing, and then I just want to hear from you, Elaine, is I asked my mom, I said, mom, like, because now that I have Kobe, I said, when Gal was this age, like, did you like see him the same as I see Kobe now? She's like, absolutely. You know? And I guess as someone, I assume that someone who has an individual with autism, like it's almost like, even though I knew you find out like around age three, I'm like, oh, I'm sure like for sure there's sign like, you know, from like right at the beginning. And it's like, I can't imagine that shock factor if someone were to tell me like maybe in a year or two, like, you know, Kobe's on the spectrum, whatever it is. Like I, 
for a parent to digest that alone, and then you come in as a drill sergeant, I just, I like, it suddenly hit me. I was, I was like, I, I, I can't even imagine that. So, Elaine, I, I'm, I'm sure you had that feeling. <laughs> oh, I mean, definitely. Um, and I think that for, well, let me tell a quick story real quick because um, this was before hit my diagnosis, but it's kind of an example of like not being there for a parent um, and feeling like you're on an island and like you're just let out there to like fend for yourself um, and like be bewildered. I don't know because um, before my son was diagnosed, he was in um, like a private primary school because we we're trying to give him some structure and um, we were like, that's what he needs a structure. And um, he hates fine motor stuff. So coloring was, he's got better about coloring, but coloring was not a preferred task at all. So the ta like the, the assignment at school in primary school is like, let's color. And so then we had an open house and all the parents are there and like, oh, they did such a great job. Look at, it's all like all the artworks on the wall. And we're like, wow, that's cool. That's neat. We get to my son's artwork, which is like, they were supposed to like color in the lines or something like a coloring book page that's on the wall. His was completely blank, completely blank. And my, my husband and I looked at each other like, wow, WTF, that, that sucks. Yeah. What, what's, what's this about? And um, so we like sat on the car crying after that. We were at the open house crying car because we were like, what? What is yeah. going on? And um, so I think that that's the emphasis of like being there for the parents. Um, like if you notice something or you think you can be a help to them, like do what's within your your competency, do what's within your words. And just like our kiddos, like we're, we, we meet our clients where they're at, let's meet parents where they're at too. Let's not put such high expectations on parents because parents are doing all they can. And it, that may look different for every parent. You know, they do what they can within their own competency, within their own capacity. And we're there to give them the supports. And just, I just can't emphasize enough, like just meeting parents where they're at, just like their kiddos. Like we meet, let's meet everyone where they're at and respect that. You know, and I, like just keeping it real, as a BCBA, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, or if you're a teacher or RBT, whatever it is, you go into a house and you leave and you're like, like, I mean, I've had this. I'm like, oh my God, that mom is going to make me insane, right? Yeah. It's going to happen. You're going to go in. That mom is going to make me insane. Like she is telling me how to run the entire session. She is telling me what I'm doing wrong. She's telling me how to do ABA, blah, 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 right? And in that moment, I'm just going to be real. I'm like, holy shit, how am I supposed to do anything with this kid? Like, she's got to back out so I could get some things going, right? But I just reflected in this moment. I was just thinking about that, like, as you were speaking. And when I think about it, I feel like, how's this kid supposed to learn? This house is literally a hoarders, right? But what was it hoarded with? Educational toys, right? It literally was a, I don't know if you guys have it or not, but Lakeshore, like a, 
child, like everything that could ever be a learning opportunity she had purchased. It wasn't like there was like, you know, old bags of food that had gone bad, but I had, I saw my own mom do that. I mean, my mom's not a hoarder, but this idea of like, oh, is this going to be the one toy that Gal finally plays with that's different than his video game or that he'll try and engage with a friend with or, you know, so it's like, it's really easy because in that moment to be like, dude, first of all, this house is a mess. I have nowhere to sit of this. There's so much stuff everywhere. But then like, and I only thought of this now, to be honest, like that mom who was running my session, telling me exactly how to do ABA, how to find a reinforcer, how to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like she was trying everything she could to get her son to do anything more than to make sure that he's getting to the most of his potential that he could. Right. And so when you were saying this now, I was like feeling a little bit of like guilt that I had felt like irritated. And I mean, the mom would never have known this, but like inside just keeping it real that I was just like, I hate going to this house because I'm literally instructed the entire time. I feel like I can't get anything done with the client, but just, if I was able to have you, Elaine, in my ear beforehand and be like, just meet the parent where they're at. Like, realize that this this is scary. This, like, for a parent. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure, and I want you to talk about that. Like, when you got this diagnosis, like, d- did your head immediately, like, go, like, 20 years ahead? Like, where are we going to be? Like, the future? Like, what, what am I going to do? Like, what's my future going to look like? Like, what thought process went through your mind, you know, and, and just one last thing to add to any BCBA listening, we're so used to being like, oh yeah, autism, 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 right? And we're like, oh yeah, like we're, we hear of it all the time. We see like great, like, um, you know, uh, success and a lot of people we work with, but just because we've heard of it doesn't mean that it's like, it's still someone else's reality that they have to live with for the rest of their life. So I just want you to talk about like your thoughts and when you found out of like, what's your future um, about your, you know, your son's future, any of those things. Yeah. And I, that is just, I think a natural thing to think about is the future and, you know, plan for college. Do we plan for college? Maybe he doesn't want to go to college. Maybe, you know, but still for me as a parent, I'm, I'm, I emphasize to him, he's only eight. My son is eight right now. But, you know, just emphasizing like you can be whatever you want to be and trying to do like affirmations with him. Like I am smart. I am kind. I am a good friend. Like trying to do things that, you know, he, he is his own person. And I, I meet him where he's at mm-hmm. and he loves reading. So trying to emphasize those things just kind of, but it is natural to think about the future and worry and like plan. And like, am I planning enough? Yeah. And just worrying about what what if something happens to me? What if something forbid? What if something you know God yeah, happens to true. my husband? Mm-hmm. What um you know? So those are natural things to think about. Um, I like how you talk I, about like celebrating his strengths and yeah. focusing on like those affirmations and that he's his own person and he can do mm-hmm. whatever he wants to do. Um, it's no different than a typically developing child when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and it's still, just, it's still hard. Yeah. 
just finding things that interest him and celebrating those things, like you said, Casey, and then also mm -hmm. just um, emphasizing them. Like they're his strengths for a reason. And yeah. how can I, um, I guess, how do be a pill behavior or behavioral cusp or you yeah. Know? yeah 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 like so, a whole new world of contingencies yeah, and reinforcement world. yeah uh, <laughs> so yep. um that's awesome just try and help them where we can and well, I'm, um, yeah i'm sure a lot of people listening um if they're a parent and they're going through it it's going to help them and brighten their day and hopefully it will reach also practitioners out there um to really have that um empathy for parents um because you don't know what they're going through. And um, so like Liat said, like, don't be quick to judge, check your own biases at the door, like realize that you're, you know, if those biases do come in, realize them, recognize them and change them um, so that you can help the parent and you just be one person that like you have that Tabitha, right? You might be mm -hmm. that one person yeah. that changes their life and opens a whole new world for them that they didn't think was possible before. Exactly. And just be, be part of the village for the parent, you know? Yeah. So. Be part of the village. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. So my question for you, Elaine, is this, okay? You are a mom of an individual with autism, right? And you're a BCBA. I'm sure you're seeing, and what setting do you work in? In a clinic. Okay. Like it's early set up childhood, like, right? Mm -hmm. It's set up like a preschool, so it's like three to three to six year olds. Mm -hmm. Okay, amazing. So you're around other BCBAs, you're around other RBTs in general, or you've seen it elsewhere. What are some things that you see that you're like? I wish now that I I've been on the other side too. I wish this would stop, or I wish that more people would do this or that. What are some things that you could give to a BCBA listening? Of course, obviously we said the empathy part, but just anything along those lines, like what would you tell someone listening right now? Because you have the power to share this message with anyone listening. And if there's a hundred people listening, then we have a hundred better BCBA. So be no pressure. What you say <laughs> is really important and go. When I'm just speaking from my personal experience here, because I, I do feel like I'm very fortunate in that this is my first position as a BCBA that I'm in. And I, I work in Indianapolis and I'm at a small clinic. Um, and it's called Speak Easy. It's amazing. And um, we use an evidence-based practice or approach called conscious discipline, which I think is kind of like just now. I read like a coming, book on that. Yeah, like coming into the mainstream in a way. But it really is um, a way to identify and acknowledge the social, emotional, like brain states. Like you're 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 identifying the brain states that the child is in. So. Um, like, are they in emotional state? Are they in survival state? Are they in executive states? And these all have like, when you can identify the brain state, um, it really helps you identify like, how are you gonna approach this? And it's a totally different way of looking at it for, in terms of ABA. Um, 
because we don't, I mean, this is what, what I've learned as a practice, as a practitioner now is I don't hold me in as much as I would have as an RBT. Like I, I, um, if they, if they manned appropriately, I'll honor it. If they, um, I don't run escape extinction. I don't, I mean, you know, it's just trying to, while, while we're looking at the brain states, we, we're really looking at them as, as a person. I mean, they have, I mean, they're people. Our, all, everyone, I mean, autistics are people, okay? And <laughs> I think that that's a big thing that autistics want to be, like, and I'm not speaking for all autistics here. I'm just, I'm just trying to say that I think that coming to the forefront more is autistic saying like, I'm perfectly fine with who I am. I yeah. um, have feelings. I want to express my feelings. Why are you running escape extinction when I'm trying to, I'm going through it right now. And so I think that what we try to do here at Speak Indie is identify what state they're in and go from there. And, you know, and just acknowledge their feelings. Like you were hoping to to play in the marble, play with the marble run, but we can't right now. We can do this or this. So they're still working on choice making. It's just trying to show them that their feelings are valid and they can gain the tools to handle it. Like they can, you can handle it. You got it. So yeah. I think that as a practitioner, I'm seeing that there are procedures that I've run previously that I don't feel comfortable about. And um, that kind of goes into like the discussion of ableism and like, mm -hmm. you know, what, what people talk about with. Can you operationally like, define ableism for us? Like discrimination um, toward people with, with disabilities or with, um, that's kind of why yeah. I identify as ableism and just, um, and I think that in terms of what that looks like for ABA, like there's things like restraint is definitely ableist because I mean, it can be, th there's discussion about that, but like restraint, escape extinction, um, you know, there's the means I see now that I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they upset me. Like I, it triggers feelings in me because I just, I feel like, I feel like it's rocked my world to like be like, oh yeah, social emotional communication and like these are skills. Like, freak, I need these skills as an adult. Like, I mean, you know, like just yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just like it's just so necessary in our society anyway. Like, I just um, I'm just so I feel privileged to not privileged, but like honored. I don't know. Um, I feel just excited to be a part of of that experience for kiddos and helping not only them but help the families understand social emotional regulation self-regulation and um like what activities will help regulate your child like there's kiddos here that love like the sandbox or the water table or and I didn't realize that those are activities that regulate you you know and like mm -hmm. pop it and since being here, I, I bought Poppet because I'm like, you know what? I like this. I, you know, and um, my I always steal is, my nieces. I, every time I'm at oh, my cousins, I'm playing with that Poppet 
And I'm like, Juliana, I'll just have this right now. <laughs> Share. Like so it's so it comforting. I know, I know. And, um, but I'm just like, man, like, it's just helped me, me as a, per a person too. I'm just like, man, like, um, just, and, you know, recently I, I found out, like, I, I finally came to the realization through therapy that I have ADHD. And that's hard. Welcome. For me to say. Welcome, sis. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard for me to say. But I'm like, you know what, I'm embracing this because I think it makes me a better person to identify something in myself and helps me a be a better practitioner and, um, and know what regulates myself. Because if I'm regulated, I can help someone else be regulated. And we talk about that in conscious discipline too, of just having composure, making sure you're composed so that you can help someone else become composed and regulated. And it's just like, I just, Betty Bailey is um, the conscious discipline per, uh, founder. Queen, queen. founder, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she, I mean, I what's her name her. again? Becky Bailey. Dr. Becky Bailey. But, um, I think that it's just, it's really a great approach, really. Um, I think that I feel fortunate to have come across it in the way that I have just being a new BCBA and being in my first position as a BCBA. I just feel really fortunate because it not only does it help me here and as a person, but it's helped me with my child. Like, because oh, he has such good receptive language mm -hmm. that. I do talk to him about his, his feelings. Like, um, he loves the Kroger ad. We get it in the mail. Me? Oh, no. I love the Kroger like, ad on TV. That oh. was so good. And they dance, like, in the music. <laughs> I literally was like, Eliron, I got to show you this ad, and I YouTubed it. Anyways, Kroger, you're doing a great job with marketing. Yeah. Sponsored by Kroger. And, um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But um, sponsored by Conscious Discipline. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but um, he loves the like the one we get in the mail, like the one he can physically because he loves reading and he loves like tacting and just so every Wednesday it comes in the mail. And before I go pick him up from aftercare at therapy, I um, make sure to check the mailbox for the Kroger ad, and I have it in the car for him. And um, one day he i was like oh i'm gonna check the mailbox like not thinking like oh it's not wednesday it was like a saturday and he was like upset like tantrum crying like not flopping on the floor but like he was physically like yeah upset sad yeah and so i said you were hoping to get the kroger ad you know um, sometimes the Kroger ad isn't in the mailbox and that's okay. Instead, we can do this or this, you know, and he handled it pretty well. I was like really proud of him. And I think that awesome. um, it's just kind of like going back to just seeing Tabitha working with him when he was three, you know, I was just like, man, he is like, it's just so, it's those little moments where you're like, it's a good day. I feel good about this. And Still and then there are days that. that are really bad. But it's just like those little wins, if you will, like, are they they're a little hit of dopamine, maybe like, 
a yeah, little like, yeah. And so um, I'll take it. Um, and, and when he can't handle it or it doesn't, you know, like if he has trouble still working it out with him, breathing, you know, um, trying to just help him however I can. And just really taking time to acknowledge that his feelings are valid and not trying mm -hmm. to like push them down, not pushing yeah. down feelings. Because yes. I think that that's where we go wrong is pushing feelings down, not acknowledging them. Because if they're really upset about something, they're going through something. And, yes. You know. I'm really good at pushing feelings down. <laughs> like that's always like, it's okay to be sad, Casey. You are struggling. Everyone around you is having a baby and you're struggling. And I'm like, but it's okay. I love babies. I'm going to overcompensate by posting every single picture of my niece and favorite babies. I'm, a, I'm the best auntie. Like I just, she's like, you're such an overcompensator. It's okay to be sad. And it is okay. But I think exactly what you said, meeting them where they're at and your story is beautiful. And I'm sure your son is so lucky to have you as a mom and your uh, clients are so lucky to have you as a BCBA. And thank you for sharing your beautiful message with everyone listening. Oh, well, I did, I did want to say thank you to my husband because <laughs> without oh, yeah, him, yeah. like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do a lot of what I did. So I do attribute a lot to him. And I just wanted to say that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hubby, all, I to, you are the best at giving credit to, to where it's due. You are, um, maybe that's a journalist in you, you know, making sure that you're citing your sources. I, I like it. But thank Elaine, thank you so much for coming. I mean, I, I think that you definitely have helped, you know, whether it's a parent finding this out, you know, to, to see that, you know, things get better. BCBA is listening. You gave that message. Um, you know, I think the individuals that are getting, receiving the therapy also are going to benefit from you sharing messages like this, as well as other BCBAs listening, parents, everyone. So really, thank you so much for coming. No, I'm glad to be here. Thank y'all so much for having me. All right, guys, that wraps up episode 103. So with that being said, you know where to find us. You could find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast, online, behaviorbitches.com. And as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started he records our shows he posts them he adds awesome awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing he sends us teaser episodes he does it all we just sit here and friggin talk we shoot the shit and you can record from home your office the park a bathroom stall at work it doesn't matter he provides the complete podcast studio all you need is a microphone and you're good Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super 
flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need Super. him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him. And he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. Mm-hmm. 